the only boys rewatch podcast that asks the big questions. Like, does A-Train make choo-choo noises when he jogs? My money's on yes. I... <laughs> Who am I again? <laughs> You're Mono. I am Mono. I'm one of your hosts and jack-of-all-trades Mono, and with me is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Yo! So today we are just going to be chatting about season two in general, what we liked, what we didn't like, a couple of things that maybe we didn't get to chat about during the episodes if we ran too long, which was nearly every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, reaction to the season, Kira? Oh, phenomenal season. Um, brilliant follow-up to all the world building that had happened in season one. Yeah. Because they didn't have to present this environment. Mm. They were able to focus a lot more on character-driven story. Yeah. Which is really nice. Like, and they got, it got very convoluted this season, but at the same time, distinct. Yeah, it was never, never convoluted for the sake of like making things complicated and, and, you know, just adding extra layers. It was, it was all spaced out really well. Yeah. So for every standalone storyline episode that you got, you got one that where storylines intersected, at Mm. least either both groups meshed entirely. Yeah. Or there was interactions kind of across the divide, as it were. Yeah, and we noticed that as we went through the season when we were recording, that some episodes we were talking more ABC storylines and some episodes we were talking chronologically scene by scene because to break it down any other way (laughs) would have been far too difficult. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed this season. But to, to kick things off, shall we chat about the main... Well, the main uh, new thing this season would be Stormfront, an yeah. entirely new character. Yeah, well, from the comics. But yeah, but the the only thing she has in relation to the comic, the actual original character, is the name in the Nazi. Yeah, basically, I'm trying to think of a more like candid, yeah, not no, candid, but like only in name and Nazi is she Stormfront. Yeah. No, but I really, really enjoyed the character. Yes. Um, I cast did a great job. And uh, I know one of the things she did, or rather didn't do, was she didn't read any of the comics. Because Kripke had told her that they were going for kind of an entirely yeah, new she take is, on the she character. Yeah, she is entirely different to how the character is portrayed in the comic books. He's a straight up Nazi. It's barely veiled. Yeah. He's just a fucking asshole. What yeah. she is, she is absolutely fantastic yeah no she so apparently she made the choice that she didn't want to be influenced by yeah Stormfront from the well, comics yeah, there's that, well there's create. not much there to true true you know he's he's very kind of one dimensional but yeah no she did a, a fantastic job and the character just the whole way throughout the season from the, the introduction where she's this anti-establishment and I, I said off air, I refer to her as, as the human equivalent of a Che Guevara t-shirt. Yeah, she is very much that. Like, she's from Portland. She's edgy. She's live streaming everything to stick it to the man. She's there to be the voice of dissent amongst the seven to kind of be the relatable character. Yeah. You know, she's the one where every, like, disenfranchised youth will be like, oh, yeah, Stormfront's my queen or whatever. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, definitely she's presented got, as a counterculture icon. Like, Yeah, and, she, has, she has actual stance. And, and her whole agenda as it unfolds across the season is so insidious when we find out she's just using this as a persona to completely manipulate various media narratives mm-hmm. and, and people and obviously Homelander. Yeah. 
Oh, she she definitely took lessons from Nazi propaganda and ran with it. Yeah, and like that's when you look when her kind of the big reveal happens that she is a Nazi, and you look at how she's been manipulating everybody around her, and you realize yeah. that is very much the Nazi propaganda machine structure. Yeah, and I like that we got a bit more. Well, through her and a little bit from Edgar at the start of the season, we got a bit more history of the company and, yes. and who Vought was. Mm. From Edgar, we find out the more... like Factual, clean version? Well, not even clean, because he does talk about how he, he was a member of the Nazi party and he worked in the camps, but it's the more scientific aspect yeah. of, of, you know, he created V and this is what he did with it early on in World War Two, and there was Soldier Boy. And then from Stormfront, we get all the all his like political and, and cultural views when she yeah. talks about the the, the solutions oh, he had and his white genocide, his plan for you know his new world order, his army of supermen. Yeah, he he went a little bit Lex Luthor there with the army of supermen. In fairness, <laughs> yeah, and he is more. He's definitely presented as a more sinister character than any of the like other versions of like scientists who create Super Soldier. Yeah. Even in the comics, Vogelbaum is the character who who creates V in the the forties in in Nazi Germany, and he gets carted out of there before the war. Yeah, he's no, he's not part. Is he part of Operation Paperclip? No, that's after the war. Yeah. No, he gets carted he gets out before the war. Yeah. yeah. And helps them create a few super soldiers. And yeah. like with Steve Rogers, same thing. The guy is, I think he's supposed to be like a Polish Jew. I'm not 100% sure. But, but again, gets yeah. moved out before. But this is no, this is a Nazi who jumps ship at the very end when things are going bad. Yeah. He took and, an out and went for it. Yeah. And the only reason he got it was because of this V that he had that was going to be, you know, such an amazing product. But there was many pardoned like that, though. Oh, there so was. So it is. It's it nice was... to see that it's actually real, more realistic as well, because there were numerous but, scientists yeah. that were <clears throat> given American citizenship, and give, because the work they they were doing was so important, it but was just a reapplication of it. That's it. Like it, it, with Captain America, and even in the boys' comics, it's a more sugar coated version of oh yeah, they, this was an, a nice guy who was maybe forced to work for the Nazis, who then got brought over <laughs> yeah. to the good guys. No, this is no. This no, is an no <laughs> this is a full-on member of the inner circle. Yeah, and like, he he's, he un, he spouts this. He doesn't spout this. He actually passionately believes in yeah, this message. And he, and he didn't get brought over to the good guys because he was a good guy. He got brought over because he was a bad guy, but he was very smart. Yeah, sometimes it's yeah. Well, you're better off having him where you can keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, because so. he was not somebody you would really want disappearing into Argentina. <laughs> no. No, and after in season one when we got Vogelbaum as the scientist who created Homelander as opposed to the scientist who created V, yeah, I was wondering what do we get that aspect. So it was nice that we got it in Frederick Vaught. Yeah, and to have Stormfront be his wife was kind of the, the cherry on top as well. Yeah. That she also believed in all this propaganda she believed in what he was doing so much that she allowed him to inject her with it. Because the way she's talking about it, it's not like, oh, he forced me to do it. It is very much this adoration of his work. Oh, a privilege and, to, to yeah. be the first to try it. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about in, in the Stormfront reveal. I think it was at the end of the Sage Grove episode. Yeah. Where she reveals to Homelander all, all of all of Yeah, her the wedding past. photo. and That she got 
the injection as an adult or at least as a uh, somebody in her late teens. Late teens, early 20s. But still an adult. Yeah. yeah um, whereas Vaught have been injecting babies with V for years and only with Sage Grove and Homelander and the terrorists in the trials and adults begin again. Yeah. So she must have a different... Strain. A different version mm-hmm. of it. Um, it also means that it rewrites their own history because they very much marketed Soldier Boy as the first superhero. Yeah. Uh, where she'd been floating around for like four to five years prior. But they're not well, going to acknowledge the fact that the Nazis had a superhero <laughs> before anybody well, I, else. I think she says she was injected in like what, 1921 or 1922 or something, isn't it? Um, I don't or was that when they got married? That might have been when they got married. Hang on, I'm going to... But if... if she do, She doesn't look much older than early 30s. No. I know the actress is actually in her 40s. Yeah. But she doesn't look much older than early 30s. So if she stopped aging when she got the in, injection, she would have been injected. She said she was born in 1900, so she would have, would have been injected somewhere in the 30s. But they weren't going to acknowledge that. But also, Vought wasn't not going to leave his wife behind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. A, his wife, and B, his, his, first, his first successful superhero. Yeah. So yeah, Soldier Boy was the first acknowledged one. It's just interesting as well that she went on to have a child and that child had no V characteristics. Yeah, so we still we still don't so know how... So it still how, is extremely hit or miss. Well, we still don't know exactly how Homelander was created. But well, we don't know what V does because it doesn't see... If it changed you at a molecular level, you it would... Yeah, you would, would think you would, you would pre- pass it on. Yeah, if it's, in your, if it's changed you genetically, you would presume that, yeah, it would be transferred, but... It doesn't seem to behave like that. It's weird. So, yeah, like if, if it's an injection that just, you know, enhances. She was born in 1919. She was born in 1919. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's where I was getting like 21 from was that she was 21 when she got the injection, which would be 1940. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she was. She was probably in her 20s when she got the injection. And then her and Fred yeeted out of Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um. It doesn't give a date for her getting it, but she... By 1933, she had joined the National Socialist German Workers' Party and then presumably somewhere after that. At 14. That, yeah. <laughs> and then married oh. off to Frederick by like 19. Yeah, probably. So probably you know, in, indoctrinated stock. just as much as she wanted to indoctrinate Ryan. Yeah. But has lived that indoctrination for the guts of 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> But in terms of the V, yeah, it'll be nice to see if we get more Homelander backstory in season three. Like yeah. how he was actually created. Yeah, no, that would be fun to see. Uh, realistically, anything to do with like how Homelander was created would be interesting because you've got to wonder, do they have a lab somewhere full of like Clones. failures? Yeah. That atypical cliche of the abandoned laboratory with all of them like floating in formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being all like, nah, save me, father. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if his birth was like, you know, every other superhero got injected when they were a baby, but did he get... Was the, he built literally from yeah, the ground up? Was it like, was he injected in utero <gasps> with V or... It'd be interesting to see what his actual biological parentage is because somebody had to donate some stuff along the way there. Yeah. And Vogelbaum is enough of an ego to use his own. Or is he a clone of what? In the comics, Homelander is grown from the ground up from Stormfront's DNA. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I so that adds a, that, that adds a whole other um, oh, Freudian. No. <laughs> so it's still well he had mommy no. issues, oh, and with Stormfront no. he had actual mommy issues. If it was the same, mommy daddy, <laughs> this is this is uncle daddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, no, if, if it is like the comics and, and he was growing uh, from Stormfront's DNA, Stormfront is, is Homelander's mom. I, I, please let him just be Vaughty DNA because <laughs> I'd actually like to get a good look at the, the photo to see if he resembles him. If he resembles Vaughn. Because that, oh my God, how yeah. funny would that have been if they had just dressed up Anthony Starr? Like put glasses, like did a Clark oh, Kent on him. Give him an old timey photo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I re- I'm going to have to try and find a still of that photo now and get a good look at it. Although Googling anything with Stormfront these days is... is you know. Yeah, probably not a great idea. Yeah, these are just some <laughs> questionable fucking sites. But in terms of Stormfront being a great addition to season oh, two. Oh, she stirred that pot like nobody's business. But yeah, in, in addition to her, or sorry, with her being a great addition, we, we lost a great character at the very start of season two as well in Susan Rayner. Yes. Very and sad to see Rayner go. Yeah, I really wasn't happy about that. No. <laughs> no. And, and afterwards, in, in the last couple of weeks, a, a thought occurred to me of a way to have like saved Rainer. What? Well, I just, I, I, as you know, I, I was pissed off when they killed her off. And yeah. I thought it was unnecessary and we could have gotten more Rainer. You know, Monkey in the comics. Yeah. Monk, in the, the comics, Monkey is, uh, he's basically Rainer's assistant and he just constantly gets abuse and, and threats and, and physical violence he's, from he's Billy. The man, well. <laughs> Yeah. He's he's, ra- he's mad well to Rainer's fucking Basil. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting analogy, but very apt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we could have gotten an episode or two of Monkey. And Monkey's head could have been exploded. And then, yeah, and then they could have passed off that information to Monkey. And his head could have been exploded. It would have been a nice little Easter egg for the comics to have Monkey there for an yeah. episode or two. Rainer gets to stick around. I don't understand. Once it's revealed that it's Newman who's popping people's heads, what is her motivation to get rid of Rainer? Is this ha- is it because the CIA had been looking into this and it's now been moved to a house judiciary that he- she has control of? Because they never state that the Ra- like Rainer's death isn't really mentioned at all. After that. Because obviously you don't want everybody freaking out that a high-ranking mm. member of the CIA was but assassinated. It she, just doesn't seem to... I don't understand where she, it falls in her agenda. Mind you, I also don't understand her full agenda. She says she's just kind of figured it out before her head explodes. We know from what Mallory said, she was looking at Liberty and the Stormfront connection. Yeah. We know that the information the boys were, were given to her was about soup terrorists being brought in. So maybe she had discovered something about Sage Grove as well and had put together everything that was going on with yeah. Stormfront. She was just and, missing that one put like piece. And depending on what Newman's agenda is, if she's in bed with Edgar or if she's rogue, she might not have wanted Rainer figuring that out because it could have fucked her game over. Yeah. That's what I reckon was Newman was just trying to protect her own agenda and didn't want Rainer getting too close to that. Yeah, but you would stand to reason then that Rainer's replacement would look into the case she was currently investigating. Well, that's what Mallory seemed to be doing because that's why Mallory passes off the Liberty stuff too. Yeah, Mallory seems to have taken up the reins on that. Yeah. And so she hasn't really... So She's maybe bought herself a little bit of time. And Rainer has literally only just figured out with that bit of information the boys have given them so depending on where she was like because Mallory says that name was all over the hard drive yeah but the implication being that she couldn't either get at everything that was on the hard drive or it was only the name that was on the hard drive so Rainer was obviously playing her cards pretty close to her chest and keeping that info hidden away so maybe people couldn't get at it yeah, well, if she was in the Mallory files, which were have already been stated are like political and mm. career death for anybody to go near. Yeah, she probably would have been keeping her work and her investigation on the DL in until she in had the department. actual. Yeah, 
But yeah, that's my Rainer rant over. <laughs> you were so annoyed about that. I just she they made her such a fun character and so much better than the comics. Yeah. And then they they just fucking killed her off. And they, apparently, Rainer rant's not over. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they just they because they've done so many made so many improvements from the comics. Yeah. And especially well, especially start, with the just, female characters. Can I just say that like actually every character has a full well rounded personality. As much as I adore the comic book, they don't. They're very, very one-dimensional. So to yeah, have well, they have more time s- to delve into it in the show. Yeah, but for such a huge ensemble cast, for them all to be so mm. well-rounded and, and fully realised is, is a feat unto itself. Yeah, and particularly with the female characters, the ones that they gender-swapped and the ones that are female in, in the comics yeah. are so much better than the comics. Oh, God, yeah. And the Rainer in particular in the comics is just a bit and it's so good in the show that when they killed her off I was like no come on really why'd you do that yeah but we just swapped siblings we may have lost Rainer but we got more Stan we did get more Stan and Stan was brilliant so it was kind of it was like I don't think you can have both of them on the same show because then the show will just grow and eat everything (laughs) with the power too much talent in one room yeah like it'll either yeah it's that ego monster thing from Futurama (laughs) yeah and Stan Edgar is fantastic oh he's so he is I think I may have mentioned it back in one of the season one episodes that Stillwell is a character from the comics that they've gender flipped but the way they present Stan Edgar is very much how Stillwell is in the comics yeah he's this very stoic calm presence never feels threatened or afraid of Homelander is all about business and nothing but as we see in the last episode of the season with his meeting with Butcher CFO <laughs> yeah, if you he, if you watch Metal yeah, if you watch Metalocalypse, he's basically yeah, he he's Charles Foster Offenson. Or if you want a really nerdy one, he's Giles. Um, he's like he's like early years Giles when he's all about the rules. Yeah, but yeah, he's all about the business, and I like that. Not that I didn't like Stillwell in season one, but I like that we got this like person corporates fucking like drone almost I'm not even drone he's just like the corporate America well corp- the corporate world personified yeah. into and he's kind of the only real straight bad guy in the season and he's not even bad he's just a ruthless corporate asshole because there's nobody else especially in this season well like and, it's all business and, and obviously Stormfront being yeah. the Nazi yeah but apart from Stormfront and Stan's business badness none of the rest of the seven this season are bad guys no they're really. they're all having their own struggles like Maeve we... Maeve is just poor Maeve just is in a fucking tailspin but Maeve is, basi- is basically one of the good guys now. yeah uh, Annie obviously is one of the good guys a train is looking out for A train. Look, yeah, and he's doing looking out. Exactly, A train's looking out for A train. So so fun this season. Oh, he's because great. he is. He's such a fucking dick in season one, and I don't know about anybody else. But when he had that heart attack, I a little bit of me was like, yeah. Fuck you. He's he um, is a, he's a bit one note as a character in season one. It's it's just about the the junkie and the staying on the seven and being the yeah. fucking. So he's two notes. Yeah, in no, season like, one. It, it, it's kind of like when he has the heart attack. You're like, yeah, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. But this season he's actually enjoyable from the way from the very get go when he shows up and he's fucking with the girls. Yeah, he's not willing to to drop any in it straight away. He wants to play the no. long game. Um, and then there's the, the couple of really fun bits about like when he sees Shockwave and asks what he's doing there and he's shit I love fat kids put me on that yeah 
Then when he starts going to, when Deep introduces him into the church and he's like, ugh. Oh, when he brings Deep the goldfish <laughs> to, apolo- to apologize for all the times yeah. that he sabotaged the Deep. He brings him the goldfish and Deep's like, oh, you taught it my name. <laughs> <laughs> but he is, no, he's fun and he's kind of, he's a, a lot more human this season. Yeah. He's, even- he's dropped a lot of the, the brash persona. And he's still as as selfish as he was, but there is more nuance there. And he is, he's looking out for number one. So I think going forward, as long as the boys don't target him, he'll kind of turn a blind eye. In fairness, he threw them the biggest bone they've ever got. Yeah, I think. With that file. I think the boys, when it comes to the boys in A-Train in season three, it'll be, you don't come near me, I won't come near you. Yeah, we won't fuck with each other, but you know. Apart from when he threatens Annie to, threatens to like out Annie for everything she's done at the start of the season he doesn't do anything else antagonistic for the whole rest of the season no it's just about trying to stay in the seven and then trying to get back in the seven yeah and also his his arrival in the back of the car when they're driving through the city oh my favourite bit sup shitbirds my (laughs) favourite and the screaming and the pulling over but in terms of my earlier or my previous point about how there's no real bad guys he's not a bad guy Maeve's not a bad guy Homelander, we do start to see kind of a tenderness between him and Ryan towards the end of the season. He's still doing bad things. Oh, yeah, he's still But he has no, like, he has, he's, he's, sorry, we've been watching a lot of Supernatural lately. He's soulless Jack. He has no moral compass. Yeah, he he really doesn't. And there was an article out yesterday about how Kripke says that's why Homelander would beat Superman. Yeah, no, I I don't agree with this. No, neither do I. But Kripke says it's because Homelander has no morals. Yeah, but Superman at the end of the day will do what needs to be done to take down a target as volatile as Homelander. Let's not get into that argument. No, but that's a whole other thing. That's my my theory on that. Is (laughs) Superman will do what needs to be done because it's been proved. Well, we don't know that Homelander can't exist. the app can't breathe outside the atmosphere yeah so he's just got to fly him straight up <laughs> that's it but jump them yeah but <laughs> even even homelander the main bad guy is humanized that bit more in the season when we see him destabilize at the start of the season because oh of, oh, oh that, um, that destabilization is just beautiful his paranoia when he shows up with Newman. Yeah. And he, you, when he has that vision of just oh, lasering, lasering the shit yeah. out of the crowd. Yeah. But Black Noir, I suppose, isn't... Well, he's... He, Black Noir's Black Noir. He's not good yeah. or evil. He's just there. Yeah, he's just there and he does what he's told. Yeah. Um, he's like... he like I just... I'm sorry also that whole he might have brain damage, but apparently it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need to know about, about Black Noir. He does as what he's told. But yeah, it'll be... It'll make for really interesting watching going into season three as well because Maeve has now blackmailed Homelander. Yeah. Homelander publicly outed Annie as being a mole and then he did walk it back obviously. Yeah but that's out there. But he had to have gotten permission for that I'm guessing or so he when he made that announcement about Annie being a mole Stan either knew why or or didn't know why and wanted to find out. Yeah. So Come the end of the season, Annie's back on the seven and Maeve's back on the seven. Homelander knows what Maeve's done. Yeah. Black Nor, when he wakes up, knows that Maeve attacked him to rescue Annie. Yeah. A-Train knows that Annie released the stuff about the V. Yeah. And was the one who released the Stormfront thing and knows she's working with the boys. Maeve knows she's working with the boys. 
Homelander knows she's working with the boys. So like, and I'm wondering how much does Stan know of this and what way that... I don't think... The power dynamics will play in season three. Stan knows everything that's going on. And I wonder whether or not Stan is nudging shit in certain directions. Yeah, because he's... To try and counter their... He... Stan is fully aware of who Butcher is. Yeah. Of the fact that this, he's aware well, of, of these past events. He can't not be. He's aware of who Mallory is. He knows all the stuff about the Church of the Collective. Yeah. I don't think he would be the type of person who would allow events to continue the way they are without being informed of upcoming like occurrences. Yeah. And I, I know some of the things we're saying today would be covered in and maybe possibly contradicted by some of the VOD News Network segments. Yeah. But we're going to wait until they all come out before we cover them yeah. and, and talk about what they might mean for season they, three. they also seem to be covering quite a, a large but, stretch of time from what we've seen so far of them. Yeah, so I don't... We're, we're just today talking about from the end of season two what we think might happen in season three yeah but yeah that will be really interesting to see what way the seven dynamics play out and what stan knows or doesn't know and well whether or not we'll find out what his yeah what he's and also up to. well from the vault news network i see well from huey getting the job at newman and that's the other thing is newman yeah she she now is is the straight for the minute anyway because we don't know what our motivations are she's the nearest thing to a straight big bad yeah she's not really been humanized know. or any humanizing we did see for her was presumably a lie well it was just her and her daughter <laughs> yeah she she makes the comment about oh well my dad always said when there's smoke there's fire and i was wondering do you think edgar could be your dad i don't know mm. he's watching her on tv an awful lot throughout the season yeah now that could just be as a hint towards her being revealed at the end yeah but it was just it was just a random thought that occurred to me one day i was like i wonder or is she at least if not a daughter I wonder is she in bed with Edgar in terms of her plans and her agenda yeah no because that's the big question for me is is whether or not are she's they with setting Mark, her, or are is they she setting wrong? her up to be a Vic the V but the actual pre- but yeah Vic like, the V but with, with the intelligence brain, <laughs> um, I've forgotten the, the, who the president is it, the president is is Bobby Singer yeah is, well he's he's Bob Schaefer in the comics but he's Dakota Bob and that's Bobby yeah. Singer in the show yeah and he might end up being the president it looks like from one of the things in the Vought News Network segments yeah. but yeah it, are they setting her up as a Victor Veep type character where she's working for Vought and with Vought and is working her way higher up it. and what's the best way of removing suspicion from yourself as by working actively against the thing that you are and uh, as the head of the Superhuman Affairs Department or whatever it's called she can control Control the government response to what Vaughn are doing. But she's also funding Mallory, so she has a finger in that pie too. So she's seeing what <clears> the boys are doing and they're she see, yeah, She gets to see so the Black Book side too. start manipulating them into taking out opponents or people who are going to be dangerous towards her agenda? Because that'll be fun to see. <clears throat> and Huey coming to work for her is like a present falling right into her lap. Oh, because yeah. one of the things she does ask him is, have you told them yet that you're leaving? Yeah. And he says, no, not yet. And she smiles. And I think she's going to try and get, no, she's going to convince him to maybe stay working with them or at least stay in contact with them. So and she she's going to totally yeah. pump him for information. Yeah. But as to her, her end goal and her agenda, don't know. And, and do want to know whether or not she's rogue or is working with Vought. Yeah. No, I would like to see more of the soups that escape from Sage Grove, in particular Cindy. Well, we're, got, we're definitely going to get Cindy. We know that. Because I really do think she's Silver Kincaid. And if they use her backstory from the comic book, that will be fun because she was stolen as a child. 
And I would like to see, I just want to see a revenge rampage by somebody. I would like to see her go and hunt down whoever it is who took her. And if it turns out to be Vaught, I would like to see her like doing a full on die hard through Vaught Tower <laughs> in the vents. I think that we will get Cindy, but I don't know, maybe that the boys will be sent to take her down yeah, or something no, like that. Yeah, I think it's going to end up be either being something like that or they're going to end up working with her. Yeah. She seems a bit psycho for them to work with, though. Yeah, but she'd been <clears> locked <throat> up for how long and experimented on. Mm. I think, no, I think she's just going to be kind of a, a very powerful wild card in season three. Yeah. That's what I think Cindy will be. But we're, de- yeah, we're definitely going to get more of her. And it should be fun. Yeah. And we're no, going to get a whole host more of superheroes. superheroes. Yeah, where there's a lot more being introduced uh, for the next season. Yeah. Which is fun. I, I'm quite enjoying because we've been steadily losing soups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been losing them kind of fast. And we did get quite a few like tertiary characters. Like we got our Gecko and we got Eagle the Archer yeah. and we saw Blind Spot. Um, Poor blind spot. We probably saw a few others in the same in season one. We had like your Ezekiel's and your Pop Claws. So they're going to continue doing that. And I like because that helps add to the world. Um, And once we get more Black Noir. Yeah, all the Black Noir. (laughs) I always want more Black Noir. (laughs) Backstory would be nice for him. Uh, Not not even backstory, but just some more kind of information. Apart from the fact that he can play the piano. He's obsessed with Japanese tea rituals. But especially after we saw him crying over the yeah, V reveal. I don't know. I that, want more. That's still like right in the feels. That Plus, one hurt. The rest of him being upset and angry about the reveal was like, you know, understandable. Him crying? I don't know what it was about him crying, but that hurt. Plus, apart from Kimiko, yeah. Black Nora is the only soup who seems to have any kind of training. Oh, who isn't like a straight up brawler or just uses their their powers yeah. like any and like we, we did know see Kimiko, Annie train well we saw any train yeah but I mean like actual, actual like martial arts training yeah. or or like how to use your powers X-Men danger room style scenarios <laughs> oh and blind spot obviously yeah at the start of the season as well but apart from them yeah everybody else just seems to just use their powers like with the girls fighting at the end of the season oh that's just Maeve, a straight up brawl yeah that's a straight up brawl Homelander just uses his lasers all the time that's because he's lazy on, unless he wants to punch through somebody so yeah. it's all, it all seems to be brute force with the soups. Yeah. Same with A Train. Yeah, there's no same finesse. Female. Yeah, there's no finesse. There's no training. So it'd be interesting to see how Soldier Boy fights. Yeah, if he because he is a soldier. A soldier. Yeah. <laughs> well, for well, not from the comics, but what it looks like we're gonna get from Jensen yeah, Ackles, Soldier is, Boy. Yeah, it's a Captain Roger or Captain America style backstory, maybe without him being in the what frozen in ice. Uh, no, I've, the USO shows. No, oh God, no, it's Vaughn. You know he was in the USO shows. <laughs> but that sort of thing where he actually went through military <clears throat> training, knows the tactics, and then it has been enhanced. Yeah, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we get more kind of soups with training. I I don't care, it's Jensen Ackles, so. Yeah, and I just want and, and more Black Noir, please. Yeah. Always more Black Noir. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see Jensen Ackles in pretty much anything. The fact that he gets to play a superhero is the closest thing I'm probably going to get to him being like a live action Jason Todd. Yeah. So, yeah, delighted. I, I wonder as well how much, if any, Ryan will we get yeah. in season three. Like, will there be, like, kind of dial-ins with him to see? Yeah, I reckon there'll definitely be at least one or two check-ins or, like, you know, Mallory will give us an update on what he's up to. Yeah. We might see him, but I have a feeling they're going to actually hold him back for season four or five because I think he is 
stronger than Homelander. Yeah, it's a possibility. Or at the very least, you know, he's gonna need some. T- they're well, probably gonna hold him back and give him some time to for the character to kind of mature. Because yeah, how how old is he supposed to be? Well, he should only be eight years old. As to how he ages, we don't know. Yeah. If there's any change into how he ages you know, or anything like that. Like, at we the also moment, don't know how old Homelander is, yeah. I'd like to point out. Because when we see the flashbacks to him as a kid, Vogelbaum looks the same. Now, I know it's just because it's the, the, the actor film. But is home like how long? Has, we don't know how long Homelander has been around. How long has he been in the Seven? How long has he been, you know, in public? Well, he's been in but, the Seven since the start. But I think he's definitely stronger than Homelander because Homelander could only laser Stormfront's titties <laughs> and leave a bit of a scar. Ryan annihilated home uh, Stormfront. Yeah. And Kripke has said in interviews that Ryan is stronger than Homelander. Yeah. So uh, I think they might play the long game with Ryan. What was he, a concentrated version of it? <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, I think they'll play the it's long game. all those game. years of Stillwell fucking jazzing them up. Or all those years of Stillwell fucking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think they might play the long game with Ryan for season three and that we won't see an awful lot of them. In fairness, that I'm not too annoyed by that because he was kind of an annoying kid. Um, Good actor. Good actor. Um, I just found that the actual, his actual, the way Ryan is, is just kind of annoying because a lot of the time he didn't react the way I felt a child should, like when he's just standing there screaming. Like for a lot what, of times when, when he Rebecca just... gets killed? No, but for a lot of the time his go-to move was just to kind of stand there and it was like, no. Throw a tantrum like? Yeah, at least, you know, the only bit like, you know, he just seems very kind of emotionless. Um. I don't know. Like, not very... Yeah. I don't think I don't he, know. No, I, I, I thought he was a decent little actor. Oh, no, like, he... Um, no, I, no, I'm not... <laughs> the I'm not, character I'm, Yeah, the it's actor. the character. I was like, I just felt like the, the way the character was written wasn't... It was confusing at times because he would be really animated when talking about things he liked, but then when he got angry or upset, he just kind of stood there. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think maybe they were trying not to give too much away with him in terms of whether he was a really good kid you know they didn't want to portray him as like super good or have him yeah. you know quickly fall under Homelander's influence because it is supposed to be uh, oh will he go the way of Homelander or will Becca's influence be good and, and make him a good so superhero so he just stalls <laughs> well yeah I, well no they don't want to give him too much characterization very early on so that you can obviously be like oh yeah that's clearly a good, you know he's going to grow up to be a good guy yeah. or he's going to grow up to be a, a bad guy maybe it's a bit of that maybe it's bad writing I don't know <laughs> I don't know yeah. let's say I didn't have that much of a problem with it but he's not he's, in fairness he's not in a huge amount of the season yeah obviously is an important part of the season but yeah. he doesn't get a huge amount of screen time so yeah, no, it'll be it will be interesting to see what way it plays out. Whether we'll get more of them, and um, we should definitely get more emotion from them now. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> with a dead mom and a psycho dad, it'll be interesting to see if we find out where they've kept him as well. Yeah, no, I'd like to see a check in with him just to see kind of what's going on. Are they trying to stay the Becca route of? Nurture, or do they have him in a cell somewhere? Yeah, are they just doing the full-on CIA thing? Yeah, <laughs> and and speaking of Mallory and the CIA, it'll be interesting if we get more 
I'm assuming we're, we're going to continue to get Mallory. Yeah, well, if she she stated at the end there that she had been offered. Yeah, off the books funding to, to for, watch. For a group, for like the boys essentially. Yeah, um, so it so sounds yeah, like she's back in. Yeah, she's definitely back in doing that. Whether or not we just see her as a kind of, you know, a check in and give them orders type character, or if we actually get to see her going off and doing some of her own thing. I reckon the first or if episode. We're get her backstory. The, well, the first episode of season three is called Payback. And I Stormfront reckon Stormfront used to lead payback in the comic Stormfront yeah. led payback, but in the show it's going to be Soldier Boy's team from like the seventies with yeah. Crimson Countess and a few others. I think in the first episode, what we might get is no boys at all. A Mallory, Mallory in the seventies investigating it. Yeah, maybe a flashback episode with Mallory, and we get some because we've been told we're going to get the history of Vought in like the sixties and the seventies. Yeah. Kripke said that's what season three is going to cover. Or some of it anyway. So I think, yeah, the first episode might be set in the 70s. And it might be Mallory's backstory. I, I or, would love to see 70s Mallory. Yeah, or there would be some problem that Mallory's trying to sort out in the first episode. And in the second episode, it'll be Mallory going around and recruiting the boys to try and put the band back together. I think. I would like for Mallory to have some sort of nemesis style status with soldier boy that would be cool i think that would be that fun. would be really cool like the one that got away and that has has it's re-emerged her. now and she has this unshakable like rage or that, that drive soldier soldier boy is to mallory as homelander is to butcher yeah <laughs> i, I think could, that would be a fun take on it it could fit because comics Mallory has this problem with Vought because his platoon in World War Two gets taken out because he gets assigned a soup squad to work with them and they basically fuck up the whole thing. <laughs> and, Big surprise there. Yeah, everybody dies and that's his first introduction to superheroes. Yeah. And then he sees them again in the 50s being rebranded as like urban crime fighters in the city stopping crime and just decides to keep an eye on them. So I wonder is... Yeah, will Soldier Boy be the same thing? And it is, it's one of the versions of Soldier Boy in the comics that Mallory gets assigned to work with. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if, yeah, if Mallory's in like Vietnam or something and Soldier Boy comes to work with, with her and fucks up I, something. No, I reckon Mallory or, would have been in intelligence. Yeah. And whether or not it was like assigned to them or... Or yeah, is is Mallory... Looking into their... <clears throat> maybe looking into the the actions of Soldier Boy fought like post-war. Or if Mallory CIA, was she off on some Black Ops mission and was Soldier Boy on a Black Ops mission with them? Yeah, like there's numerous and that's why avenues. she's that's why she's so against Vought being in the military because she's seen it before. There's some sort of, I'm, I'm just hoping that there's some sort of personal history going on there. Yeah, it'd be nice if we get some Mallory backstory because we don't, apart from the grandkids and that's why she left the boys. Yeah, we don't isn't. know why she started the voice. Yeah. So it'd be nice to get that. And it'll be nice if we get some MM backstory too. I would love to see some MM backstory. I really, really hope they don't use the backstory from the comic books because it's just heartbreaking. I, I but, have a theory that they will. But because they he's already delved into kind of some of the story of his dad. Which is clo- very close to the comics. It is very close to it. I just, I just really don't want them to use the full story of his brother because I, I don't think I could actually physically take I, it. I think they'll use a, a, a slightly altered version. I think what will and happen... It's, it's literally because that story, the comic book story, is, to me, it, it is one of the most heartbreaking stories. Oh, it is. In, in it. And I just, I, I, I just, I can't. Well, cover your ears because I'm about to recap <laughs> yeah, it for no, the listeners. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because in the comics, his mom gets... 
she works in a factory that deals with V products and she gets V is in the wild yeah in, it's in the wild and, in and, the comic book so but she specifically works in a factory that packages it and yeah, like and, she's and basically makes it. A, a radium girl yeah but she she gets exposed to it and MM and MM's brother both have superpowers effectively from it mm-hmm. MM's is that he gets super strong but he has to constantly drink his mother's milk for the rest of his or life he'll, he or he'll shrivel up. up and the brother ends up dying because of his superpower which is just kind of an uncontrolled growth his um, brother also suffers from a number of disabilities and side yeah. effects due to the V that's right yeah he's he um, requires a lot of like special medical care and the V has re- learning the, difficulties yeah um, brought on by yeah know, side like, effects from the, the V yeah and I yeah I don't think they'll go that far but with with him I think the reason that his dad the problem his dad had with Vought in the comics is what happened to his son yeah. and he tries to take them on legally and he ends up having the heart attack and dying at the typewriter like in the show yeah I think what MM's backstory will be will be similar that his brother will have been born very sick or premature or something like that Vaughn will swoop in, in and have offered an early version of V MM's old enough that he could, he probably was born around the 70s so I think maybe Vaughn came to MM's dad and mom and said hey look we can give your kid an injection and make him a superhero but something went wrong yeah and the child died and that's where M.M.'s yeah. dad got his crusade against Vought. And that's why M.M. also has the crusade against Vought. We know he's a military man. Yeah. In the comics, he's a military man as well. And he ends up accidentally killing somebody and gets locked up. And that's when he gets recruited. Well, that's how he discovers his... That's how he discovers his powers, yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll probably get something similar. Yeah. In season three. Well, maybe not. We might not get it in season three. But if we do get M.M. backstory, I think that's what it'll be. Vought will have fucked over his family and have killed his younger brother. And while he's in the army, for some reason, he'll have done something, you know, maybe not followed in order because it was the wrong thing to do. Get banged up. Mallory will come and recruit him. Yeah. That's my prediction anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've already seen how they recruited Frenchie, but I would love to see some snippets of Frenchie's backstory. Yeah, more Frenchie backstory would be nice. I think... The only one, in fairness, the only story I want to see is the baguette dueling. The baguette jesting. Um, with the croissant. That's all <clears> I want to see and I'll be happy with anything I'd, after that. I'd like to see some, like, Frenchie's adventures in soup attacks. Like, <laughs> like Mallory what, talks like about... like a montage of his greatest hits? Yeah, it would be awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, but she's talking about, like, how he's, he's weaponized take, various things. He weaponizes Annex to take down that rage soup. Yeah. He, she says he took down Malchemical and I'd like Cold to see, Snap. Yeah, I'd love to know how he took out Malchemical because... That, well, in like, the comics, it's just with a, a cheap Bic lighter. Yeah, he sets him on fire. <laughs> and obviously he blew Translucent up with an ass bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know what else Frenchie's been up to. <laughs> Apart um, from taking all the drugs. I don't think we'll get any more female backstory because I think that's... Yeah, well, that was very much a, a big part of season one was identifying this yeah. mystery girl. And now she can communicate as well with Frenchie. So yeah, doesn't... I think it'll more be about females' growth going forward than yeah. anything that happened in her past. Because apart from just showing us individually shitty things that happened when she was a child soldier, there's not much else they can do with it. Like, no. And I'd much prefer to see her growth and, and, yeah. and her relationship with Frenchie grow. 
because they how they, they developed that this season was quite fun as well. Yeah. The, the breakdown and then the the reforging. Oh, the ring. Her, oh, her, her bossy, bossy ring. ring. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, then the same. <laughs> you start to get that her per, you start female. to see her be- her personality coming out and that she's fun and she's willing to take the piss out of him and and we get some noise. She laughs yeah. because at the end of season one she tries to yeah. and you just get the kind of raspy breath. But this time we got actual laughter. But you start to see a lot more of this like fun, vivacious personality coming out in this season. And she does go through a lot. Like she finds her brother and you get that elation and then it all goes wrong. And there's that depression where she's working, she's taking on hits for the Albanians. That, oh, that, that was one of the best comedy. No, no, in... no, no. Her taking out the Albanians was one of the, or sorry, not the Albanians, but doing the hits for the Albanians. Yeah. That was one of the best comics Easter eggs of the whole show so far. Her <laughs> ripping, ripping off faces. Ah, face. oh, it was brilliant. It and was then the resulting melt- Frenchie meltdown in the church. Oh yeah, that was heartbreaking. To her coming back and him being like, oh, this is what you buy for your money, this ring. And she just... The, the female sass was one of my highlights of the season. Yeah. A-Train shitbirds was one of my <laughs> highlights of the season. Uh, Ashley's hair loss. Ashley's hair loss, yeah, that was fun. And everybody eating her paella. <laughs> yeah, the, that was great. Oh, the Dawn of the Seven stuff was fantastic. Oh, just everything just to brilliant. do with that movie was so... That whole fucking... Oh, the, the, the press junkets. Not the press junkets, but the whole Maeve, like, proud... Oh, that goes, yeah. speech. It's so cringy. The girls get it done promo shit. Yeah, and the girls get it done moment itself. That was just a beautiful shot at Marvel. Girls really do get it done, yeah. Um, Where the three boys just stood there being completely fucking useless. Oh, well, no, but the setup for that being in the Dawn of the Seven where it's exactly like Endgame and really cheesy. Yeah. And then the payoff at the end of the season where, no, look, this is how you do it. Yeah. You have three girls. Like literally curb stomping. (laughs) While the guys are absolutely useless and ineffective. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was another highlight of the season is Stormfront getting the shit kicked out of her at the end of it. Any the, other the Jeep has been on one hell of a roller coaster uh, this year. Can I just put his little face? Oh, when he thinks his head's gonna blow up and yeah. he's like frantically checking it. When the big thing about Eagle the Archer, like being a toxic personality and, oh, his, and the way he flip flops. We were, we were wrong. I, well, I was at least in the episode where he is chucked out of the church and they say it's because his partner, or there's a video of him and his partner doing their weird hunting sex thing. We assumed it was like romantic partner. It's his sidekick. Oh! In, in the Vought News Network segment, yeah, that's one of I the things they was, mentioned. Because I that, was just like, hey, buddy, like whatever you want to do in the bedroom, as long as. Yeah, like, we were like two consenting agrees. adults and. Yeah, no, it yeah, was. Yeah, like that's cool. As long as you're not like eating them <laughs> afterwards and obviously eating, not that eating them. Yeah, so no, it, it, it's supposed to be Eagle the Archer oh, and his sidekick. Oh. I assume, I will, I would hope at least still consensual. Like they haven't yeah. said anything about it, but yeah, it's a sidekick rather than a romantic partner. Yeah, I'm hoping. But yeah, the like, deep this season and all like above board but the deep this season is so sweet like from his breakdown at the very start where he's crying in that water park oh the the breakdown to start to Mariana Trench stuff and (laughs) the water's not supposed to be fun when he's in the like the water park up the thing like screaming and Uh, when he's getting when Carol and and Eagle are inducting him into the cult and he really doesn't know what's going on and he keeps trying to leave and every time he tries to leave I'm like yeah that's it you fucking tell him because he's 
he's like, you're fucking shit stupid. To then they marry him off. Oh, uh, when he thinks he's going to get to pick the sexy, breathy lady. Yeah. It's her, like, right? Yeah, she's the one I'm picking. No, <laughs> you're going to pick Cassandra. But I thought it was my choice. Yeah, it is your choice, Dee. And he's kind of like, oh, and you can, like, he does question it, but he's going along with it because they keep dangling the golden card of getting him back in the seven. Yeah. To him getting fucked over then because they take... Because they take A-Train back. Because they take A-Train back. And that that breakdown is hilarious when he's like, you made me marry somebody who gives terrible Terrible blowjobs and I signed over my bank account to you. My favourite line in that rant is the one about I didn't even laugh when you told me we we all came from space spores. Yeah. (laughs) I think he just, he's so naive. I think that's, that the, the deep is never going to get back into the seven. No, but he's going to keep if, trying. God yeah. bless or his well, little cotton socks. He's going to try he his might, hardest. He might get back into the seven, but I don't think he's ever going to get back involved in the main protagonist antagonist storyline of the show. Not in any proper way. I don't think he is. He is the comic relief. He is the fun idiot to follow. Uh, oh. To me, anyway. Um, yeah. I I can't see him. I I don't think it would be as fun if they did try and put him back in kind of a villain role. Or or, no. or even a hero role. The, mis- the misadventures of the deep are just pure comedy. Yeah, I want I want to see more of him like stealing dolphins and getting lobsters killed. Oh, that poor lobster! <laughs> and uh, and and let's let, show us deep doing it in the blowhole. Like, just give give us it all. <laughs> But the he, soup porn as well. That I was. did. I did feel bad for him at the end there when he was finding it when he found out he wasn't going to get back in. But compared to last season, like there does there, there's a lot of kind of repeating beats between the season one closer and the season yeah. two closer that I've noticed in terms of I think we talked about like when Maeve comes to ask or Annie comes to ask Maeve for help. Maeve's response is like Annie's response to Huey in season one. Yeah, which is how dare when, you? And I've done all this stuff for you, when, and you still come to ask me. When the Deep finds out at the end of season one that he's not getting back into the seven, he has his everybody hurts breakdown where he shaves his head and talks yeah. about how fucking stupid he is in the mirror. Yeah, well, he shaves everything. This time he finds out he's not getting back in the seven and his responses of anger. It's not a blaming itself. He's not blaming himself because this time it's not his fault. He no. did everything he thought he was and supposed Fresca, to do. And Fresca sucks. And Fresca sucks and Fresca fucked him over. Yeah. And he's, he's angry this time. Yeah. And I think maybe... He, he's I think, angry outwardly as opposed to inwardly. Yeah, and I think maybe this time he thinks that he has to just do it himself. Yeah. And get himself back on the seven. Oh, But no. it is, it's it's a different response to, to the end of season yeah. one. But yeah, no, the Deep's still one of my favourite characters right, in the show. And this time as well, A-Train's on the way up, whereas last season he was having a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> Homelander um, was jacking it over the city. It's I'm I'm really interested to see where they go with Homelander. Like I can't in work out if three. he's on an upswing or a downswing. Not not taking into account anything from the Fox News Network stuff. Just where he is at the end of the season, jacking off over the city. He is so unbalanced. Yeah, no, he's he's a scary, scary person by the end of this season. Um, um, all the everything stuff. from him, like, I don't want to know what he did to that cabin to be covered in that much blood. Oh, he he danced on them until they were a paste. I told you this. I know, but from his mental state in that, from thinking that Vaughn were actively trying to take Ryan away from him to well, Ryan. He knows. Oh, that's, that's... To Ryan rejecting him by going to stand but... behind Butcher. That's the other thing as 
well, I was talking earlier about the kind of the status quo and the power dynamics of season three. Yeah, Homelander knows that Stan tried to take the kid away from him. Yeah. So there's that thrown into the mix as well. Yeah, like, so you've got him looking at the on- the only thing he really knows, which is Vaughn. Yeah. Now, we did get that whole heavy-handed, he has the whole the adoration. Chant thing. Yeah. But What was that South Park chant where it's like, make love to me, Randy. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, well, I really, really want somebody to dub that Homelander chant over with that, that <laughs> yeah. whole, you saved us, Randy. You saved us, Randy. Make love to me, Randy. Um, but as well, his, his only kind of, his last pillar, or even the one that he kind of taught, um, of Maeve. Because yeah, after gone. Ryan after Ryan pushed him over, the first one he ran back to was Maeve. And he even, and you know, he gave it to, oh, you're the one I've known the longest and this, that and the other. She's just totally flipped it on him now yeah. and, and has blackmailed him and has threatened to ruin everything and made him choose between his son and the love of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of it all, the love of the world is, is the only constant he's actually known. Exactly. Um, it's the only love he's known. Yeah. It's this adoration. So when his points, like you've seen him be more upset about his, his popularity rating dropping. Yeah. Then... Ryan being upset with him or running away from him. Yeah, well, we did see in there was some growth. There, yeah, when like when uh, when Ryan's upset and after the Stormfront reveal, he stays with Ryan. His, his growth, yeah, in this show mir- mirrors Billy's growth. Um, they both, but they both take the same kind of big leaps around the same time. Yeah, only the the only difference being that at the end, Homelander chooses the bad path. Well, I mean, he is kind of forced into it, but Homelander chooses the love of the world over the love of his son. Yeah. Billy chooses the love of his wife and the wishes of his wife over his own revenge and yeah. his own wants and needs. They have grown just in different directions. Well, yeah. they, they But there was growth. <laughs> well, there was growth, but Homelander rolled it back, whereas Billy's growth was committed to. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Because as we talked about last week, we were both really worried about whether or not Billy was going to follow through on his plan with Stan. Oh. And yeah, he there comes is, clean there with is, Becca. Yeah, because that moment where he's so upset when she dies and he reaches for that crowbar and he turns around and the look on his face is just rage. And oh, yeah. And you don't know would he have taken the swing. I think he would have taken the swing but pulled it. I think we covered it really well yeah. last week. But... <laughs> You know, having that event occur and then moments later having Ryan still choose him. Yeah. Over Homelander, over his actual biological father, this this stranger who's literally met do, five minutes before. Do you think Butcher made the right call sending her off with Mallory? Sending Ryan. Yes. Sorry, him off with Mallory. Yes. Sorry, no, no, sorry. will use him, but not sorry. in the way that Vaught will. That's not not the question that I actually wanted to ask. What I want to ask, because it was the right thing to do. Mm. Do we think Butcher gave Ryan to Mallory because he thought it was the right thing to do? Or because he just kind of wanted rid of the kid. Um, that's, that's what I meant to ask, sorry. Well, he already had felt safe enough with... The CIA looking after the three of them. Yeah. So he still knows that that's the safest option. There is also some, I'd say there's a good dose of, I don't want to have to look at you and be reminded. That's... Like, it's a little bit of, of your Becca's son, but at the same time, you're being there kind of as responsible for her death. I at first that's what I thought it was that he he just also wants... he knows like he said it himself that's what he's yeah. not good for a kid yeah, to be around. that's what I, I I first thought I thought like it was he's just, aware of that the first thing I thought was that that it was 
no, just get rid of the kid. I don't want to see him. He's killed my wife. But then I was like, no, he wouldn't have given him the, the St. Christopher's yeah. medal. So yeah, I think it is more of, no, he needs the, the CIA. We're going to take care of him. Yeah. And he doesn't need my influence around. I think it is what he said to Becca of, no, yeah. I don't want to pass my shit onto the kid. But he also, at the same time, you know, the, the fact that. Oh yeah, no, I, that's, that, there's also yeah. the whole, I, I, that's always going to be. You look like your mother and I can't be around that. Mm. There's a bit of that going on there too. Give, and given the fact that we got to see his extremely strained familial relationships this season. Yeah, his own messed the, up. Um, he very rightly has that fear, which a lot of people do have of, I'm going to grow up to be... My dad. Yeah, or, or, or this yeah. way, or... Oh, yeah, and that's... he very much has the capacity... That's a, that's a thing from the comics as well with Billy, is yeah. that that's why him and Becca never have kids, because yeah. he's afraid that he'll be like his own dad. And he's already seen how some of his influence has affected Huey. Yeah. And that's not... Well, it's backfired on him to a to a point as well, but it's also made him kind of look at himself in a different light. Yeah, no, there's definitely more growth from Butcher this season than there was from Homelander. And I think I said it in one of the earlier episodes, if they roll it back in season three... It'll be disappointing. Uh, it will be very, very disappointing. Uh, but speaking of Butcher, one of the things I did think was funny this season was in the Sage Grove episode. But a big part of that episode was kind of Butcher coming around to Annie. Yeah. He had always been painting every soup with the same brush and saying, oh, they're well, all... he's already shot her. Yeah, he shot her, He, uh, but he said that, you know, every every <laughs> soup is the same. He shot her in the chest with a 50 cap. Yeah, every soup is the same. They're all bastards. They all hurt people. And then in this episode, when Annie actually hurts an innocent person... He looks kind of proud of her. <laughs> yeah, he's like proud of her and he's like... And they agree tries... on a couple of other things as well. But I just... Following that. Like, that's the, the one that's thing... That's the turning point for him with her. But the one thing that he's always said that he doesn't like about soups is that, you know, they don't care about the little person and they hurt the little person. And he hates Annie, even though she's never done that. And then when she actually does that is when he turns. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was a little thing I just thought it was kind of funny and not uncharacteristic or, or uncharacteristically hypocritical of Billy. That's, yeah, but from <laughs> that point on, they start to do, they do kind of start to understand each other a bit more and see more eye to eye especially after they're bonding in the in the hospital in the hospital talking about him slathering his bum bum with creamy dust <laughs> yeah. which is I believe is pseudocreme like it basically is pseudocreme cream. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now in my head he smells like pseudocreme and that strawberry Garnier kid <laughs> shampoo yeah which is not what I pictured him smelling like especially in that the Haitian Kings and and another little bit of growth that we saw from him was when he actually congratulates Annie and Huey for getting there. Oh, it's the, genuine and with enthusiasm. Yeah, it is genuine. And and furthermore, he stops, he, well, he puts a hold on their suicide plan to allow Annie to try and go and talk to Queen May. Yeah. And Annie does Billy's thing of, give me a few hours, I think I've got somebody, to, I think yeah. I've got somebody, which is a Billy tactic. Yeah. And Billy goes, okay. He never would have done that before, you know. No, he doesn't yeah. ask any questions. He just says, "Okay, off you go." Or he would have said, "Yeah, off you go. You go do that." And gone and done. Gone His thing anyway. While he was yeah. doing anyway. Yeah. But he actually respects her. No, yeah. The decision and respects Huey's decision as well to do it because, in all fairness, Huey's done everything up to this point that has been successful. Yeah, uh, and I think has been something Huey has spearheaded from. Well, from from the get go. He plants the bug. Well, the bug doesn't last very long, but he plants the bug, bug in Vaught headquarters in the first which episode. Which lures Translucent. He, yeah, which which is what gets them Translucent. He's the one who kills Translucent. Yeah. He's the one who sets up the bug successfully in Popclaw's apartment. Yeah. 
which fi- helps them find out about A Train and V. A Train V, the female, and Ezekiel. Yeah. He's the one who blackmails Ezekiel. Yeah. And then he's the one who rescues the boys. Yeah. At the start of the season, he's the one who's like, we don't need Butcher, and gets uh, Violet V, well, helps Annie get to Violet V and helps get that out to the press. Yeah. And he's the one who gets, well, okay, it's A-Train who does the work, but he's the one who gets the file out to the press about Stormfront. Yeah. So yeah, Huey does all the work. The rest of the boys don't do much except for muscle and a bit of detective work. Frenchie's about the most useful one to them. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Frenchie is good for like coming up with ideas when they're stuck in a corner. And M.M. is very much the detective that he was in the comics because he's the one who really spearheads all the Liberty stuff. Yeah. And Butcher's just dicking about. Butcher just points them in the direction. Butcher just butchers. Butcher's going to butcher. But yeah, Huey is the one who does all the work um, and is probably going to do all the work for Newman. Yeah, he's the Hermione of the show. Um, I'll have to take your word for it. Harry Potter does nothing. Hermione saves them every single fucking time. Oh, right. Yeah. But um, the, the butcher Annie thing I thought was funny. Yeah. No, it was interesting to see their dynamic change as well because even though she was okay with everything going on, yeah, she didn't really agree with a lot of their methods and then her having the realisation that parts of what Butcher is saying is right. Mm. His methods may not be, but his intention is. Well, even she says to Huey in the car in the end of the last episode about how, well, Butcher's right, you know, we, we've tried it the other way and, and this is probably the right way to go about it. Yeah. But I think she she definitely have, hasn't given up the fight. But I wonder, the fact that we saw her in her old costume yeah. at the end of the season, I wonder, will we see a bit of a return to more of the Annie of season one and more of the good and the hopeful and less of the, the grey murdery? Yeah, well, there can only be room now for the good and the hopeful because... Stormfront generated so much hate and controversy that that's going to have a ripple effect now through it. Mm. The same way we're seeing in the US at the moment that even though nobody's really paying attention to Trump anymore, there's still people spouting his ideology. Yeah, his line. That what Stormfront has started, that even though it's been revealed that she's a Nazi... There are still those that are going to continue with that and with her crusade. Mm. So I think that they're going to have to have a lot of. There's gonna there's gonna be people who are like, well, she was wrong to be a Nazi, but, but she, she still made some good, good points. Yeah, it's the what about all the good things Hitler did? Oh, social care, yeah. <laughs> but um, that, that I think that her being in her old uniform and being this kind of good compass moral guidance for people of like you know trying to do good and put good out into the world as a counterpoint to this hate and xenophobia and i think starlight will be the seven's canary yeah if vought and the seven go too far and he's going to turn straight around back to the boys and say we need to stop what they're doing yeah so whereas butcher actively knows that Huey is his canary yeah and he is like the secret canary for the seven well Maeve's not going to put up with any of the shit either and it'll well yeah it'll be interesting to see what Maeve wants going forward well they've still got they've still got an empty seat so they still have two empty seats don't they are they going to bring back Soldier Boy we've had rumours of Marathon Man that would be fun although they're not going to have two speedsters but yeah they might bring in somebody like Tech Knight I'd love if we got Tech Knight. We've got enough Tech Knight, name drops. Te- yeah, because Tech Knight is just a glorified. He's he's the Bruce Wayne character. Um, we're gonna with a get poncho on for um, 
booger and small animals. We're getting Annie's ex-boyfriend in oh, season three. He's drummer boy now. He's called Supersonic or and something. We're going to get Mary Magdalene as well. But I think it, it might be interesting if he's trying to get as one of the people trying to get on the seven. Yeah, like I want. That's, I would like to see seven auditions because we saw. Yeah, that I will we get set. Will we get seven auditions as part of season three? But yeah. proper ones. And not, then we've been promised a hero gasm episode, which is just going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's like season or episode six of the se- of season three is going to be hero gasm. Uh, that's um, just going to be stupid. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be crazy. But I wonder what they have in store for us because that, they're very good at flipping expectations and subverting yeah. expectations on the show. Um, but they've also got a lead up because the whole cover story that they have for Hero Gasm is that it's some mad, you know, world ending event that all the superheroes have to go off and all the villains all the, like it's the massive team up. It's the cross universe it's, team up. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Infinity se- War. It's, it's the Secret Wars. It's the Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's all of that, and they go off and basically they have some island that's like Vaught owned and it's just drugs and sex and debauchery and possible murder and maybe cannibalism <laughs> and then like think... you know, anything fucking goes at this so it'll be interesting to see what way they deal with this and whether or not they just have this like random party that's like yeah is, is it the thing that happens ju- every year from the comics or is it it's like every new? four years yeah. I think in the comics it's like it's like the Olympics of like mm. insane <laughs> I, I think it would be really cool in line with their like subverting expectations if something happened in the Hero Gasm episode that caused a big like crisis event. Yeah, like are they going to do something like that? that if it? instead of yeah, if instead of Hero uh, a crisis event being the cover for the superheroes to go off and have a big Does fucking Hero orgy, Gasm cause? Does yeah, does Hero Gasm actually cause some big crisis event in the world of the boys? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past the show to do something like that, and I think it do would they, be really cool. I was going to say, do they puncture Captain Adam? But um. <laughs> Yeah, but does does something happen at Herogasm or through Herogasm that is potentially this big world-ending event yeah. that everybody like, has they, to band do together they, do they to they stop? Do they inadvertently like, set off a nuclear war or something like that? Do they inadvertently set off Homelander and then everybody has to try and stop Homelander, yeah. boys and the rest of the seven? That might be a bit ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, but just something like that, I'm wondering. They definitely have something different in store for us other than yeah. just what we saw in the comics because they always do. No, all they can do is go up from here. I think it would be very, very difficult for them to fuck up any further storylines with the characters that they have developed. Yeah. Without having any sort of radical shift of behaviour um, from the from these characters, I don't think they could realistically drive this off a cliff. Yeah, and I know they squeezed an awful lot into this season if, if we were to break down all the various things that happened. There is a but lot going on. There's a on. lot going on. But even with that, I'm still wondering how they're going to fit in everything that they're promising in season three. Yeah, well, we're, getting, we're getting little Nina. We're, yeah, we're getting little Nina. And hopefully her exploding vibrator. We're getting Soldier Boy and Payback and their history. And Crimson Countess. Yeah, she's part of it. We're going to be getting these other tertiary soups. We have Newman. Yeah. We have all the people from already from the seven. Like there's, there's a lot yeah. that's going to be in this season. I can't wait. No. Absolutely can't wait. <laughs> But yeah, I'm really interested to see how it all how it all falls. And out. then we've got all the little tasty nugs that are coming in the version of, in the form of diabolical. Yeah. So whether or not they're going to use diabolical to set up maybe some backstory for some of these tertiary characters, so that when they're introduced in the show, we don't have they don't have to waste time. Yeah. So is it like a? Will there be like a little anthology of like maybe certain like soups from the seventies, like? Maybe like a little like backstory of them so that when they, if they're introduced. Yeah. Are they going to use it like butcher a short story? Yeah. Where. It just fills in some holes for you. Yeah. Where it can fill in holes for season three or will.
will they be more of a Marvel's what if related yeah. but unrelated to or the show's canon? Animatrix, which was literally just companion stories. Yeah, well, they were companion stories, but still supposed to be in canon. In they the were world. in canon, or you know, is it going to be like Gotham Knights? Yeah, because they've just said it's going to be it's set in the world of yeah. the boys, so we don't know. Again, yeah, is that in I'm canon hoping or it's not? some sort of like Gotham Knights, Green Lantern, Green Knights. Just anthology collection of like just oh, it random is, it is, stories. Oh, but they're all it's an anthology. They're all mm. each episode is going to be set. No, but separate. you know those ones aren't so much like founding stories. Or whatever, they're just random like a day in the life of. Yeah, but yeah, no diabolical. I definitely can't wait for season three. I can't wait for uh just even a trailer. Uh, every day I'm on Twitter and the fandom is just crying out for a season three teaser trailer. It's like that's it. We don't even want to know a proper trailer. We just want like a release date and a couple of seconds of footage. Yeah. Just give us that. Please give us that. But yeah, I, I I think that's everything that I loved, didn't love and you know thought might change about season two and, and a few predictions for season three. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I'm very pleasantly surprised by it. Having watched Preacher season one and then gone into Preacher season two and it was a very radical shift in tone. Mm. I was a little bit worried about that happening with the boys. But it was nice yeah. to see that they continued on in the, well, the first, the opening of the first episode is just misery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it really kind of dropped you right back into the, the whole, they are not having a good time. Yeah, it was, it was consistent. Yeah. The the show stayed consistent. And I remember before season two came out, one of the things Kripke said was they weren't going bigger for season two, they were going deeper. Yeah. I think they did that and it looks like that's going to be the plan with season three as well if we're going to get a yeah, lot of history the, and stuff. Because the characters in them, in and of themselves are, are interesting. They're, mm. they're oh, dynamic. Yeah. They have layers. They have these histories. They have all these issues that they're chatting around. They all have these interpersonal relationships with different members of different teams because like Annie knows everybody from the Believe Expo because that was the arena she was operating in. Yeah. A-Train knows a lot of them from the kind of more like clean cut boys. Yeah. Sidekicks and that sort of thing like that. So they have these different areas that they're also operating in. Mm. So it's interesting to see what they're going to do with them. Yeah, no, can't wait. Really, no idea how long we'll have to wait, but I cannot wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But despite not having any more boys content to cover for a while, you will still be able to find us. We're going to start covering a couple of our favorite sci-fi movies and comedy movies and just a few of our our all-time favorite movies. But it will be under a, a different, slightly different banner. If you just search for Mono Rants at the Movies, you'll find us from next week onwards. Yes? Yeah. I don't know what we're covering next week because we haven't we haven't <laughs> we had... haven't yet decided what movie we're covering. Yeah, you said decide, I say fight. We haven't <laughs> had that fight yet. Yeah, we'll we'll have decided and and watched and recorded a, a whole new episode about an undecided movie currently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, in the meantime, if you want to drop us a line, you can follow us on Twitter at rantsmono. You can send us an email to monorantspodcast at gmail and you can find all of our back catalogue now. The whole show covered on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are One Core Level 2 Podcast. This is Sci-Fi.